Welcome to the Uncovered Legacy Podcast, where storytelling is not just left at the kitchen table. Many of us walk through life leaving a silent legacy, but I am here to change that by keeping those stories alive. Each tale will allow us to learn, discover, listen, and remember. I am your host, Curtis Burke. Thank you for listening. Andrea Polk is a shamic Reiki practitioner, single mother, owner of Solo Noir for Men, and her daughter Ava, legacy shaman model, launches Zen Soul Apothecary to equip women and children with the tools to heal from within and tap into their inner healing powers. Andrea's personal health journey led her on a path to self-discovery that ultimately led to her healing. They believe the key to healing is creating daily balance and harmony through self-care, affirmation, and tapping into her inner joy. Andrea is also a graduate of Tennessee State University like myself. She received her bachelor's and master's from Tennessee State. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you for coming on. You've had a lot of fascinating things going on as an entrepreneur, and we are just proud of you as an alumni of Tennessee State. It's been a while since I've seen you on the campus. (laughs) Yeah. I tell people that I am from the North, but I matured in the South, and it's a beautiful mix, man. It's a beautiful I enjoyed my time in Nashville. I did, too. I wanted to jump right in here and just ask you a little bit about your childhood. And you're originally from Chicago? Uh, The South suburbs of Chicago. I never lived in Chicago until I was an adult, but I'm from the South suburbs outside of Chicago. So I Mm. claim it, but I'm not, (laughs) I shouldn't be claiming it. Gotcha. And how was your childhood? Lay that picture out for us. So uh, I was raised by a single mom and she was an amazing provider of all of the things that we feel we need, which is you know, shelter, clothes, experience, and all those things. My father was not around as a youth, but he was supportive in essence, where I didn't know him and I knew his family. Mm-hmm. But my, my mom did an excellent job. She had me in all the sports. Like I did everything from ballet to ice skating to all the sports. So that was my childhood. It was a beautiful experience. But for me, I always realized I was a little bit different from my, my, my cousin's My mom comes from a family of 17, and I was always that one that was just a lover of like being outside, lover of nature, a lover of everything that everybody looked at me was like, oh, that's a little weird. You know, you like Mm -hmm. like to sit outside in the grass and just enjoy the simple things versus doing everything else that everybody else did. So that was my childhood. I went to Nashville, went to TSU because everybody thought that I would stay home, stay close. But Mm -hmm. I was the one that was kind of like the game changer in a sense where I want to show others how to kind of live this life. You know, you don't have to stay at home. You don't have to go to a community college. You can actually go out and seek the things that you want to seek in your life. So I was one of the few, there were a couple before me, but one of the few that left home to pursue education. Wow. And did you say you're an only child? I was raised an only child, so I'm my mom's only, but I'm the oldest of six for my dad. Gotcha. So going to Tennessee State, leaving Chicago or the suburbs of Chicago and your mom, how was that feeling? Did she feel like she was sending you out to the world to to spread your wings? My mom had an interesting parenting style where she trusted me. She gave me a lot of leeway and thank goodness I was a, a great child. 
because mm-hmm. I was able to kind of mold into the person that I want to be. But she was she worked a lot, but she gave me everything that I need to have to be able to make good decisions in life. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to leave, even though we were really close, it was more so of me wanting to apply the tools that I was raised in and wanting to have a space to be authentically me somewhere else and kind of create a new you know, a new perspective because when I was younger, I went to an all black school as as a youth, probably up until like third grade. And then I went to, so I went to a black Baptist school to third grade. Mm-hmm. I then went to a Catholic school uh, up until like sixth grade. And then I went to a public school. So the Catholic school was mainly Caucasian. The public school was mainly Caucasian. And the reason why I chose Tennessee was because I wanted to have an experience. I really wanted to see my people again because mm-hmm. I didn't really... I wasn't really inundated like that growing up. So it was more of a, let me see what this is all about. I remember watching mm-hmm. A Different World and just loving the fact that you have all these amazing Black people from different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that I most resonated with out of all of them was kind of like Freddie, because she was super like hippie-ish, but super mm-hmm. into herself and very proud to be exactly herself. Who she was. Who she was, yeah. And she, she did feel spiritual, Mm-hmm. She was outgoing and in tune with her emotions and very centered, it felt like, with her. Very rooted in self, uh, mm-hmm. rooted in her self, rooted in her self-love. And as awkward as she may have come across, she was loved by a lot mm-hmm. and she was accepted for exactly who she was. Right. That's mm-hmm. a really good point. And so at Tennessee State, you got your bachelor's from there, and then you decided to pursue even a higher level education, a master's from Tennessee State as well. Mm-hmm. I know you had told me before that's where Solo Noir came from, the men's beard line. Can you tell us a little bit about the graduate program at Tennessee State and how that was birthed? Yeah. So I took a class, it was a marketing class, and one of the assignments was, was to create a business that was in an untapped market. And at the time, um, I was selling Mary Kay products and I knew I had a lot of customers that would ask me for stuff for men, but I didn't really have anything outside of like the pink label stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of used that as the platform for this business plan. And as Grace would have it, things kind of just fell into alignment where I ended up meeting this couple that helped me create products out of the kitchen and kind of helped me kind of create the framework of the ingredients, et cetera. So I just created this business plan. And when I graduated, no, before prior to graduating, I created the business plan and actually ended up liking this idea because I was already selling women products. But I was like, what if I make my own stuff? You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I built the business and I was selling the products at small expos in Nashville. I had my first store there and uh, I was, you know, making it, packaging it, labeling it, selling it, doing it all from my apartment. And it just got kind of overwhelming, but it was something I was really enjoying because it taught me something about myself because I was always like more of a shyer person. Mm-hmm. So it taught me to step outside of myself. So when I, you know, when I did that prior to me graduating, I felt like, okay, well, what's next in the world? You know, I really don't know too many entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying? This is right. something that I just created, you know, can I really do this? So when I moved back to Chicago, I stopped the business because it just got too overwhelming. But I was also hearing in my ear, okay, well, now you need to get a real job. You Now you need to get all these things so you can have all these guarantees. So I stopped the business and I came here and I worked in corporate America. But uh, I quickly realized that I was undermined and underpaid and undervalued. Mm -hmm. So while doing that, and and I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. I didn't want to wake up at nine nine to five doing something I didn't want to do. 
So while I was working at this one place, it came to me again. One of my friends was like, man, you really should do the products again because that was actually pretty dope. So I started building the brand under this company that I was working with. Essentially, I was selling like lights and motors and stuff, but (laughs) it gave me the opportunity to be able to have the space to be creative, to kind of figure out what I wanted the brand to be. So essentially, I launched Solo Noir with the concept of empowering the Black male because at that time, there was really nothing for men of color in that space. So I created Solo Noir to really accentuate the masculinity and how I felt that a man should carry himself as dapper, refined, smooth, brave, sleek. And I named all the products after positive attributes of men. So when I had my launch party, I invited a couple of people from my job and unbeknownst to me, they told the boss, the owner of the company, it was like, yeah, you know, Andrea had this big launch party. She had over a hundred people there, you know, and they bought something for him. And I was actually up for a promotion because I was trying to figure out how I was going to leave corporate America to fund this business. And I saw I was playing the game, you know, I was up for mm-hmm. promotion. So he called me into his office and he was like, so, you know, tell me about your experience here, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I want to be here forever. You know, I love right. this job, you know, putting on the, <laughs> putting on the face. You know? What you're supposed and to say. Exactly. So he was like, and he's a black guy, small business. Mm-hmm. He was like, Andre, cut the crap. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, I know what you're doing and I actually support you. And I think this is something perfect for you. So that kind of took me for a loop because I'm thinking like, oh man, I'm about to get fired like right now. But, but, <laughs> but he he offered his support and he was like, you know, he's like, I want to continue paying for you to the end of the year. It's a small company. There's only like five mm-hmm. people there. And that was in October. He was like, I'll pay you through the end of December. You could have two weeks to kind of, you know, acclimate someone else. And he's like, I also want you to file for unemployment and I'll also be an advisor for you. So the last day that I was there, like I sat in the office and cried because I'm like, what did I just do? Like, can I really do this? So the last day I was at the job was my first day, my first pop-up in my first retail location. So I closed one chapter that was fearful and scary. Mm -hmm. And I sat in that parking lot like, is this what I'm going to do? I can't believe I'm about to just throw all this money away. And I walked into a new beginning in my life. And it's Solo Noir has been awesome for me. It's taken me a lot of places emotionally, uh, physically, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been to Africa promoting the brand. Um, I've been to all types of award shows promoting the brand. The product is in Macy's online, Target online. (laughs) on our website. So it's, it's been a beautiful experience. Yeah. Beautiful experience. I think about your boss because he, it sounds like he gave you a soft fire. Yeah. Your fire, but it's a soft fire where you almost negotiated your own termination date. Yeah. And if that hadn't happened, who knows what's your outcome? You would have may still have been there. Exactly. And then too, I mean, a lot of times, especially when we hear our elders or our parents, yes, they are, they're workers, you know, mm-hmm. they can't fathom you not working for anybody else. So right. in comes me that's like, okay, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to start mm-hmm. something without even having money on the table first. You know? Right. And then your mom being a single parent, she's probably yeah. thinking 401k, you got your yeah. master's, mm-hmm. just do better than what I've done, please. Exactly. Exactly. And so you had to put faith in front of because faith is something you can't see, something you feel. Yeah. Also doing a men's line and you're a, a woman, that's also stepping out on faith. I mean, it's done remarkable. I've bought the products myself and I, I appreciate you stepping out there and representing for the undeveloped community who needs products like Solo Noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, 
I felt the need and I, I truly walked on faith because I felt like I was doing something right and something that was needed. Whether it turned out to be uberly financially successful, like in my million dollar brand now, no, but I have a million dollar experiences, you know, right. you know? and I'm living a, a great life being able to kind of craft my own viewpoint of success. I wanted to ask you a question uh, about Solo Noir. When you got into Target and other bigger vendors like household names, how was that for you? So, so let me correct. I'm on Target online, the platform online. We've had okay. retail locations, like big box retail locations. And actually, we're talking with one right now. But it's been a little bit. It's it's a lot of red tape when you do the retail locations. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. footprint, but there's a lot of dollars that have to go in behind it. Mm-hmm. So when I got into, let's say when I started, I had, I had a couple of Whole Foods stores and it was great because, you know, who doesn't want to be in Whole Foods? But right mm-hmm. now I'm not in there because they require a lot of your time, a lot of demos. And I was building my brand really fast and I could not adhere to the standards of I want you to be there every week, you know? Mm-hmm. So I pulled back on a lot of the brick and mortars and just tried to put more into the online space because for one... I make more money. The money goes directly to the business. For two, I'm not paying the expensive third-party vendors. And three, I get to put my own personal touch and I get to explain about the product versus going into retail stores. So a lot of people, I mean, I'm glad you explained that because a lot of us don't know how that process works. But I also wanted to go back to the chemical side of it. You said that you had worked with some people to create the products Can you tell me a little bit about how you decided on this is the right product or how you even found out who to even talk to about the lotions, the hair products and things like that? So I've always been a person that's done natural things. When I was younger, Mm -hmm. I wanted to become a vegetarian at eight years old. Everybody was like, what the heck is wrong? What are you going to eat? Right. So I always knew that whatever I develop, it has to be natural. It has to be from the earth because I know the benefits of what God made, you know, in the soil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did research on holistic manufacturers or organic manufacturers that create the things that I needed. I gave them the ingredients that I wanted and I gave them what I wanted it to do. So we created something based off of that. And I found a contract manufacturer that creates the ingredients, that fills my products, that label my packages and all that. So all I have to do is like I send my bottles, my caps, my labels to them. They fill it and they send it back to me, my mm-hmm. home warehouse. <laughs> and uh, I, I get the products out, out of here. Now, because of the success with that, I know you have ventured off and now you're launching a, a woman's line in health. Can you explain a little bit about Zensoul? Zensoul Apothecary is like my other baby. <laughs> I have a five-year-old, but Zensoul is something that we both kind of created together and it's grown so beautifully. So essentially, Zensoul Apothecary was curated by my personal health journey last year. Mm-hmm. 2020 was rough on a lot of people. Right. My rough came out in my physical ailment where I was literally confined to my home, not because I didn't want to leave, but I could not move. Mm. Like I had severe, it, it was more than dermatitis because even the dermatologist couldn't really, they didn't know what was going on. I had severe dermatitis on all of my body. My mm. skin was rubbery. It was tight. It was brittle. It was, I couldn't move. So I had to literally figure out how I could get myself from my deathbed, because I was 100 pounds and I'm a little girl anyway, Mm -hmm. from my deathbed to where I'm at now. And the doctors could not necessarily help me because they did not know what was going on with me. You Mm -hmm. know, the blood work was fine. Everything was fine. But clearly I was not fine. 
So I started to kind of dive deep into myself, like figure out the emotional part. Maybe something emotionally is holding my body back from healing. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a collector of Ayurvedic medicine books or natural healing books or things like the chakra stuff. And so I Mm -hmm. literally, since I couldn't leave, I literally started researching. I went to like nature school and start to figure out how I could reset my body and get my body back to health because I didn't want to not be here to experience my child. So I took these four kind of steps into healing and I was just recording everything because I knew I was going through this for a reason. And the reason for me was to help other people get out of this place. So I had created so much disharmony within my body that my body was literally fighting to keep itself alive. So I took these four steps. The first step was dove into my inner Mm self-love. I started paying attention to the things that I needed. I started giving myself time. I started taking warm baths. I started saying affirmations. I started envisioning if I wanted to date myself, how would I date myself? And I started doing that for myself. Mm -hmm. So after I did that, I started releasing all of those old toxic ways that I thought, like the things that were set upon me that were not mine. So I gave those back. Like if I had any fears, like say, for instance, your fear was you're afraid of bugs. But if it's not truly your fear, that's something that's holding you back from being your best. So I was taking those bricks off of my foundation that did not belong to me. And I was giving them back to whatever, whoever. And then after that, I had to elevate my thought process. Mm -hmm. And then I had to balance it all out. So I decided to create a business that essentially was a one-on-one step for women and mothers, how to create your internal balance and harmony through Mm -hmm. finding the God within you to heal yourself. So we all have our own personal power. A lot of times people forget that you are also a healer. We all have healing abilities in us. We all have the power but a lot of us have forgotten about the power. Why? Because we're too busy with work. We have too many things to do, but we have not focused on ourselves. So it's just, cre- I've created four healing kits for women and moms. And we're also going to branch out into children because my daughter is very, mm-hmm. she's really good at Reiki as well, to teach children how to be conscious and how to create balance and harmony in their life. Especially if you're in the house where there's no balance and harmony. Right. So Zen Soul Apothecary, the name sounds like you really concentrated on that. Can you tell me a little bit about apothecary, what it means? I know it means medicine, correct? So apothecary means it's like natural healing medicine. So just Mm -hmm. thinking about like before there were drugstores, there were apothecaries. You know, there were places where you can go for healing herbs, herbetic ways, things that could help heal and treat you without using traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. So Zen soul apothecary, Zen meaning balance, relax, the soul meaning you want your soul to be in balance and relax and harmony. And apothecary is a place where you can come and get these healing modalities from. And being a shamanic, is that correct? Shaman. A shaman. What is that? So (laughs) I think the best way I can kind of explain that is, so a shaman is, you can't really go to school for it. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that has always been innately you, but is discovered through heartache and pain. Like I emerged as this spiritual self. I've always had it because as a child, I remember like if I heard shots or if I've seen an ambulance, I will always pray for that person Mm -hmm. that's in the ambulance, not knowing that that's Reiki. Prayer is you using your own personal energy, your own personal power to pray and give blessings for someone. Reiki is it's a stronger version of your prayer. You're praying for it, but you're also envisioning it. You see it. You see that person is healed. So you're walking further into the prayer and you're owning your power also. 
not just giving the power outside, but also ironing the power to connect to God. How does that, because I know a lot of times, with, especially in African-American, the Black community, we are afraid to even talk about or read about or have conversations about something outside of the Baptist church. How does that in line with Christianity or does it? Can you have both in one? So both of my grandfathers were preachers. I grew up in the church, Mm -hmm. very rooted in religion. So I've always been very religious. Through this healing and health journey, I learned that they can both operate in the same space. So where religion honors more so the God outside of you, spirituality also honors you and the God outside of you. So it's a, in spirituality, you actually need both because I feel like I'm closer to the God outside of me because I know that God lives within me as well. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to tap into the gifts that he gave me. Through your ancestors, your, your fathers are both preachers. You already had that in you. That legacy of spirituality was already connected. Correct. But I think there was a part that was missing in my upbringing and I can't Mm -hmm. speak for everyone else. I didn't realize that literally God was in me as well. So like that Mm -hmm. Mary, Mary song. I love that. I love that. That's one of my favorite groups. It's the God in me. That song is honoring the inner God as well as the outer God. And I think sometimes people forget that God is a giving God, right? If he created us all in his likeness, he also would have given us the power, the inner power to connect on a stronger level too, right? Right. So I'm just tapping into that level of power that he gave me and I'm presenting it to others because I know that he also lives in me and I'm showing the Mm -hmm. life in me through the way that I act, the way that I move. So like, for example, I was explaining this to one of my friends and she got it. I said, for me, I honor everything that God created. I love trees. I love the soil. I put my feet on the ground. You may see me hug trees. I like crystals. I like sitting in nature, just looking at the clouds. That's honoring everything that God gave us. You know, like I, I'm vegetarian-ish because mm-hmm. I honor what God made and I don't devalue it. You know, we're all on the same level, essentially. And I honor God through what God created. And it's honoring your ancestors too. Of course. The thing is, is that I chuckle because I know within the black community, we are, we are heavy Baptists and not, mm. I don't oppose none of that. Cause that's my roots, you know? Right. Right. But where you will have, you know, some religions that have a friend does a friend is where you have their ancestors on the shrine or whatever the case may be. Other religions have a space to honor the people that came before them. But when it comes to, to the black culture, sometimes it's shunned upon, but I have a beautiful relationship with my ancestors because I had a beautiful relationship when they were here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to abandon that just because they're not in the physical. Right. That's how I look at it. Yes. So what does Ava say about it? You know what? Ava's more spiritual than me. Like <laughs> children come into this world having a way more rooted in who they are. She taught me how to be myself. Like, cause mm-hmm. before, and we all live in this life of like, So there's this thing where imposter syndrome now, you know, everybody's like, oh, imposter syndrome. We all have lived our life with these multiple masks of who we wanted people to see us to be, who Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be in corporate America, who we're supposed to be as a black man, as a black Mm -hmm. woman, as a Mm -hmm. mom, blah, blah, blah. All these masks we're covering up. But when we look in the mirror, do we really know who we really are? So, So what spirituality did for me and me tapping into myself and tapping into my inner joy, it helped me know who I really am and to, to take those masks off. Well, you said something important earlier, how as we grow, we start to adapt to what everybody else wants us to be. Our our parents, you know, your mom being a single mother and our children are so open 
and they don't understand the pressures of the world yet. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that you're teaching her now that it's okay for her to be herself and not to adapt to what Andre wants her to be or her grandparents, but she's going to be so much more rooted in finding her own path because of what you're doing. Right. I think one thing, I mean, I love being a parent. I would consider myself to be a conscious parent because I I really study my child to see the things that she likes, to see exactly who she is versus imposing mm-hmm. my wants for her. Right. But I also look at her as a teacher. Like our children are our teachers as well. Sometimes as parents, we think that we own them and we're they're supposed to do exactly what we want them to do. But they're also here to reflect who you are too and to teach us things. Right. So. The, the beautiful thing, Ava knew me prior to my awakening you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now she knows me and she, she gives me so much love. And she's like, all day, I love you. I'm so proud of you. You know, like mm-hmm. she, she admires this person that I am because she sees how magnetic we are when we're in, when we're out in the world, you know, and how open and how just loving I, I've become because I honestly know who I am. And I feel like creating Zen Soul Apothecary, if, there's many people that follow my story that have seen my personal transformation, my health transformation. I was very open and honest mm-hmm. on the days that I didn't even want to, you know, open my eyes, but I allowed people to see me on this journey because I knew I would get through this. And I knew once I got through this, the lessons that I learned, I could be able to teach others. And I knew there were going to be people that are like, uh, I don't know, you know, this might, this seems a little weird. No, I mean, the truth of the matter is I'm not the only one that thinks this way and see life, life this way. You can go to California and everybody sees, sees life this way. You know, like right. you're, that's where you are. Everybody, everybody's into, you know, Reiki and meditation right. and meditation, all that. Right. So I love what we've created and this is going to be beautiful. And, and I'm going to merge the two brands. So essentially, Solo Noir has always been a lifestyle brand, mm-hmm. but I've only tapped into the skincare part of it. Now that I have Zen Soul Apothecary, I'm creating these healing kits. Men also could use a one-on-one how to tap into the inner power. So I could introduce this to the man to create balance within the house because you can't have the woman super woke and the man. Amen. Amen to that. (laughs) Right, right. So so it's going to be a beautiful marriage of the two when it all comes about. When you think about your daughter, Ava, and you think about the legacy that you are creating how does that make you feel and you being so brave and telling your story? Uh, that question just warmed my heart, you know, because I honestly. You're brave. You really are brave. Thank you. I, I appreciate that because I know that typically the person that speaks first about anything that may be looked on as different is typically one that gets more ostracized or fingers pointed or side eyes. But those same people that were giving me like the, I don't know, mm-hmm. are the people that are starting to come like, well, how help me understand. I see that it's something that's worked for you. How could it work for me? Is it of God? Yes, it's of God. So when I explain mm-hmm. to them it's of God, you have the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you. You're, you're the element in the triangle as well. So what I infuse, like even with Zen Soul Apothecary, I have a services part of it where I do Reiki shamanic energy work to help people kind of clear up the energy around them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk in the room and the vibe is a little off. Yes, yes. When you can sense the vibe, you are sensing the Reiki energy. Okay. So where a doctor will work on the physical part of the body, someone that does Reiki will work on the energetic part of the body. So we have a physical, mental, energetic, and emotional body. People can't see those elements, but you can feel it. Some people can feel it, see it, sense it, hear it. I can see it, sense it, hear it, feel it, all those. A lot of people just feel it. 
And people can feel your energy too. We barely even knew each other in college. Mm-hmm. I think we might've seen each other in passing and yeah. maybe knew each other's name, but you impacted me. I, was, I saw your story and I never forgot about it. Like I was telling you, I remember ordering your products and I was so excited because it was something that I saw in you that I wanted in myself, that entrepreneur being brave and doing something like that. A lot of us are not brave enough to do that. Mm-hmm. You are impacting people and you don't even know it. You don't even know who's watching you. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, I hope to serve as inspiration to anyone that could see themselves in me. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I've created beautiful relationships throughout my life is because people have seen themselves Mm -hmm. in me, in a sense. And even with this transition, people are still seeing themselves in me, regardless of how bold it is. And trust me, like, ooh, I went through, (laughs) I went through heck trying to shade who I really am. But mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Right. But once I let go of that, quote unquote, the old me, I flourished into this beautiful being. So what I did is I took the elements of a butterfly. The butterfly is the most magical animal <laughs> because it literally starts off as one being and it transforms into another. one. It's a crawler. It sits in its cocoon for up to 15 days or so. And then it slowly emerges into something that no longer walks, that flies again. So when I see the butterfly, I I see myself, I resonate with the butterfly a lot. So I literally took the concept of the butterfly transition and put that into the brand. So each of the four boxes, the love box is called the cocoon box. And that's where you're working on your self-love and you're really doing some inner work. The second box is the emergence, the release box. So the butterfly is coming out of the cocoon. So kind of seeing this world for what it is and realizing it's no longer a crawler. Then you have the uh, the rise box, which the butterfly, you know, you have a hand and the butterfly is slowly beginning to rise and elevate. And then you have the flourish box, which is the balance box. This butterfly is now flying and seeing the world, but realizing the lessons that it had to take from the crawler, but also knowing they would never be the crawler again and trying to balance out all of those steps. Wow. That's beautiful. I mean, just saying that it shows you like the circle of life mm-hmm. and housing. So apothecary can help you and solo noir, how they work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. I am in the beginning of this campaign. I, I just launched a crowdfunding campaign to help fund some of the first boxes to kind of get the business off the ground. But regardless of the support from the masses or not, this is something that I know I was called to create. So I am excited to begin rolling, you know, rolling this out. And it's going to be beautiful because even my daughter, she's like, okay, once you get these women boxes, then it's time for the kids box. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for coming to Uncovered Legacy and being, again, so brave and having Ava as your executive. She has your back, your grandfathers for leading you down this spiritual path and, and your mom. And Solo Noir is successful at So Will Zenso Apothecary. And we're excited to see it and experience it with you because we all need healing in life. Yes, we all do. And it's time that we work together. You know, as a Black community, we've been fearful of many things, but always rooted in God. And you could still be rooted in God, but take additional steps to get back to that inner power and that inner peace. And everybody needs help. Not everybody's strong enough to say they need therapy, but sometimes you can be your own inner guru by just sitting, meditating, listening to yourself, 
journaling. I'm here to be a catalyst. Unfortunately, I had to go through the depths of H-E-L-L to get here, to be able to help, to present healing in another way to others. But I'm happy that God chose me to go through this because I feel like I was the best equipped to be able to take tragedy and make it into something beautiful. Thank you, Andrea. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oneness, the quality or state or fact of being one, integrity, wholeness, and harmony. Both Andrea's grandfathers had already given her the gift of healing, a sixth sense to understand the unexplainable when words cannot translate the meaning. Her gift to pursue happiness, building a legacy for the next generation has taken her to new places in life. The entrepreneur spirit cannot be fragile or lose hope easily, but stay on the course, uncovering exciting new ideas that will uplift your inner and outer beauty. Thank you for listening to Uncovered Legacy.